I want to stand back a moment in today's episode to revisit the big picture, to give a reminder of how these lovely leveraging ideas contribute to the whole concept of the leverage business. As you'll hear in my intro coming in a moment, I'm all about helping you with mindset, marketing and money model breakthroughs and building up the leverage pillars you need to grow and scale the business and to do this all in a way that doesn't have you heading towards burnout. Because for entrepreneurs, there's a bigger, even more fundamental question at the heart of all this leveraging talk. And that's what I'd like to get back to today. Tune in and let's cut to the chase. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money and model breakthroughs. This week's episode. Because when you get leverage, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Now, my friends, colleagues, clients who listen, and those just joining us for the first time today, I want to do something a little bit different in this episode. We covered a lot of different topics over the 24 episodes of the podcast so far. So I want us to take a breath and reflect back on the journey we've taken and think about what it's all about. And no, it's not a cheaty way to rehash old content. I really love putting these episodes together and can't believe we're fast approaching the half a year mark of the show. In fact, it's been fairly easy to plan out topics and create content because these are aspects of business building that I'm working on with clients every single week. We first dived into the overall concept of a leveraged approach to building and growing your business and how it helps you create the work-life balance you desire, more specifically the personal and financial freedom which enables that to happen and building business resilience that makes sure it keeps happening. So let me ask you, and feel free to drop me a message anytime on this, how does your business feel right now? Are you happy? Are you fulfilled? Are you in control of your business or is your business controlling you? So a really important question I want to ask today is how do we achieve growth whilst avoiding entrepreneurial burnout? Because burnout is a real and present danger for the high achievers way of working. If you haven't experienced it, you might underestimate it. Trust me, I did until it hit me. It can happen to anyone. And it can happen at any stage of your entrepreneurial journey, whether you're super successful or you're stressed and struggling. We've looked at leverage strategies, leveraging you, leveraging other people, leverage content, and we've dived into practicalities of mindset shifts, marketing and sales processes, enrollment conversations. And I've shared bits of my story, what I've learned from others, what I learned from my work with clients, and my lovely guests have shared their insights, experiences and stories too. I'm very proud of what we've done so far on the show, and I really hope you're getting value from the time you spend with me here. So here's my thinking behind this particular episode. Where is all this leverage business stuff taking us? Every now and again in business, as in life, it's good to take a step back and reflect, take stock of things. And it just feels timely, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but I certainly feel that 
I kind of wanted to just take this break and uh, stand back a moment and revisit the big picture and remind ourselves why we're doing this and how each piece of the leverage business puzzle takes us forward to what we want to achieve. While we can talk about the leverage pillars for growing the business and come up with topics each week, and I've been thrilled to have amazing guests on the show willing to spend some time thinking about and talking about it from their zone of genius. The big fundamental question, though, that we need to ask is always this. What are we actually solving for? It's a weird yet clever little question I learned from my friend and associate I'm coaching for his company right now, Danny Innie. What we are solving for is such a brilliant question because it focuses the mind on the real crux of the matter. In the trailer episode way back in October, end of October it was, here's how I introduced the whole concept of a Ledridge business. Have a quick listen. To start and survive in business, you need clarity, clients and consistency. But to thrive, to grow and scale without stress and overwhelm, what's needed is leverage. Because once you've nailed the business of landing clients, a lack of leverage can wreck your work-life balance and put a stranglehold on growth. You might not feel it at the time, but if you're super busy, overwhelmed and working all hours, there's a danger of burnout and suddenly you crash. Believe me, I've been there and suffered the consequences. But being busy and fully booked is also good news because it means your business is ready to grow. Have you been here from the start? Oh, I sound very nervous and new. (laughs) That was from the trailer, my very first podcast recording. It's so funny. And now I'm in the flow. I love podcasting. Now, look, leverage business strategies are what helps you work smarter, not harder. So that's the whole premise of the show. It's helping you essentially to achieve growth without burnout. That's surely what most of us want. No one wants to work harder, not smarter, right? So what we're solving for are the two big do's and don'ts of entrepreneurship. And they can be at loggerheads as you work on your business as well as in your business. If you want to create balance, work-life balance, you have to work to pay the bills, pay the things that give you back time. You're working in the business, but you're also working on the business. You're doing strategy, you're building something, you're not just doing a job. And that can feel like a lot of pressure for sure. Doing the work, running the business, building the business and whatever else comes your way. Plus, you're doing all of this business work alongside other commitments, family, community, friends, clubs, whatever you have going on. Burnout is increasingly common for high achievers and entrepreneurs. We push ourselves hard. We don't take enough breaks or time out. We're trying to be superhuman and we're doing it all alone. You're wearing many different hats inside and outside your business, and it feels like it's all on you. As a high achiever, you may be very driven, but you're also probably going to be pretty hard on yourself. Is this sounding familiar? The term burnout was coined in the 1970s by the American psychologist Herbert Freudenberger. He used it to describe the consequences of severe stress and high ideals in what he called the helping professions. And I think it's really what is at the heart of, of why, we, why we push ourselves, why we, we're so motivated, um, why we want to kind of do everything in, in, in the fastest possible way. 
And interestingly, the symptoms of burnout show up in lots of different ways. So don't think it's just one thing. It can be overwhelm, exhaustion, anxiety, even depression, which is perhaps what you most commonly think about. But it can also be a loss of passion, drive, enthusiasm, even boredom with your business. And you don't really know where it's coming from. It can be something really practical, like dropping balls, neglecting your own basic needs. It actually can be social withdrawal. It can be a physical collapse or mental collapse or both. And it's pretty devastating when it hits you. There's not really a mild form of burnout. It, it's pretty much all or nothing. So let me talk about the high achiever syndrome in that respect. For me, and like many other entrepreneurs I've observed or worked with, I've always been extremely driven and my energy and enthusiasm for what I want to achieve has always been very much part of, of who I am. In many ways, I'm not great at relaxing, I'll be honest. I love my work and I'm happy to work hard, but I'm not always focused or focused on the right things. And that's been a source of frustration and stress. I'm fine when I have everything planned out, but when I don't have a clear plan of action, when I'm spinning my wheels, I get anxious and it affects my sleep and it can be a downward spiral into the worry pit. My gosh, we really can beat ourselves up, can't we? Now, I often remind myself why this is so important to me, the work I do. And in fact, that's a really great tip for avoiding burnout to some extent, because reminding yourself of why you do what you do helps you put the effort you make into perspective. Remember, you can't get there in one jump. It's hopscotch, right? And I'll tell you, the leverage business theme didn't just come to me. It took a long period of gestation, many years, in fact. And ironically, many of us go around in circles, spinning our wheels and never getting clear on our calling. We're so busy applying logic to finding our purpose, our niche, our audience, etc. And we covered this in a couple of episodes now as well. Um, we, we don't see what's right in front of us sometimes. I found the answer in my story, looking at the patterns of what I've done over my career, but I wouldn't have found it if I hadn't kicked back, if I hadn't chilled out and just kind of taken time for myself and, and, and quieten the noise and listen to my inner voice. I, I think it was really finding out the thread of what drives me, what fulfills me. And it was that desire to be captain of my own ship, to be independent of an employer or even other people telling me what I should do. You know, that, that loving, passive, aggressive way that people think they know what's best for you. Anyway, having got my clarity and knowing how much that really helped me from that point onwards, I shifted my whole business from consulting for organizations to helping solo practitioners overcome some of the growth hurdles that I've had to tackle. While some of the wonderful people I've had here on the show as guests work mostly with people just setting out on the entrepreneurial journey and are great at helping you get that clarity, people like Rebecca Tracy, Tara Chatsakis, Laura McDowell, my focus has been with working with consultants, coaches and other expert practitioners who have had great success financially yet are working long hours and feel like they're exhausted and have little time and energy for anything non-work in their life. So I, my focus is how can I help people A, get out of that intense one-to-one -one consulting business model and B, create leverage across different parts of their business to free up more time and energy. 
Now, that's not to say high-end consulting or premium one-to-one coaching isn't part of the leverage business solution. Those activities are extremely lucrative. And that's why we still run consulting projects and individual coaching services. I enjoy doing that. But there are solutions to doing only that. Because now in the digital age, we can leverage virtual meeting spaces and drop a good proportion of the face-to-face activities for marketing, sales and service delivery. Now you can reach people globally. You can influence and impact more people in less time using lots of different techniques, lots of different communication channels and lots of different modalities. Now you can free up time for yourself to enjoy your desired lifestyle and do the things that make you happy and fulfilled. You haven't got to travel. You haven't got to um, be any fixed uh, place. So it's really very much given us the freedom to make different choices about the way that we build and grow and manage our businesses. And there are tangible, practical things you can implement to achieve this. And it's why I'm so passionate about creating leverage in business and helping people to put themselves as an individual into the success equation. Let me touch for a moment on the dangers of trying to play the superhero. I've spent a decade building a successful consulting practice and raising a family. Juggling my roles as wife, mother, entrepreneur felt crazy stressful at times. I was exhausted mentally and physically. I had a work-life tug of war and it was killing me. I've heard other people, other clients of mine say, I feel like I'm dying. I've just got so much work on my plate. And that definitely feels like you're somehow the victim of your own success. Well, I woke up one day to a sudden moment of clarity. It was 8th of March, 2012. I remember the exact day. I heard the birds were chirping and the sun shining after a miserable winter, and yet I felt no sense of joy. I realized that in all my endeavor, I had lost myself. I was suffering quite severely from burnout. It was a pivotal point and I knew something had to change. And that's when I decided I was going to figure out how to work smarter, not harder, so I could feel truly successful. And that's why I often say it's more than just about the money for me. That's not what I'm in business for. Although the money helps and it's important, freedom and having a sense of doing my life's work, those things are everything to me. And that was a big part of what I decided to focus on. And that's helping high achieving independent professionals to earn more, work less and grow faster with a leveraged business. I mean, that's where it all came from. So people can get a healthy work-life balance and feel truly successful in all aspects of their life. So here's the skinny on my entrepreneurial journey. I was in a high profile job in the university sector, earning good money, good benefits, whilst building a business on the side because um, there was a situation with my daughter who was born with uh, some severe disabilities and we weren't sure how that was going to go into the future and I wanted a plan B. And when I started that side business in 2004, I had a five-year plan that I would leave my job and start my own consulting business maybe by 2009 when my son left his school. 
And knowing I had this side business, which was actually a network marketing company in the wellness industry. And by the way, my family and I still use those products to this day. Um, But plus, once the idea of having my own business was seeded, thinking of consultancy, I actually finished that job in 2007, so two years earlier. And I handed my old bosses my business card on my way out given my last year in that place had been a totally wretched experience. I have to say that felt so, so good. Um, And it was exciting. I did really well in the consulting business. I built a team and we took on lots of interesting projects. We delivered and got more work. We expanded. We did different work. And I started to bring in my expertise and experience from running the side business, which by now was all online. It was teaching, coaching and product sales. And in fact, what I was finding is that the world of education and business were colliding. Educational institutions, not just universities, but colleges and schools too, were having to become more business-like, more entrepreneurial, in fact. And businesses were moving into being more education-focused in their marketing and in their services. Fantastic, I thought. With my e-learning evaluation and education background, it felt good. I felt like I was in the right spot. The work continued. We did more work. I did subcontracted work for other organizations like national agencies, regional business programs, big four companies, multi-million dollar companies. You know, it was good and, and things were going really, really well. However, here's the downside. I was your typical business consultant doing everything for everyone. For years, I worked two to three days a week with a client base of around, say, half a dozen organizations in any given year. And something I learned from one of my associates I'd worked with, also a freelancer, Terry, she said um, to me that I should aim to mix short and fat with long and thin. And if you don't know what that means, it's basically a way to spread out the risk so that if you lose a client or two, it doesn't hit you too hard. Um, But also that you're not working really intensely throughout the whole year, that some things are kind of spread out. Um, across the year. And I thought, yeah, that sounds like a great plan. So that's what I did. I had some projects that lasted just a week or two, um, or that I did once or twice a year. And I had other contracts that were renewed every year or were days spread over two to three years. And my income was great. I was, (laughs) but I was spread thin, you know, the problem with, with it is, yes, I spread the risk, but I also spread myself and I spread it, I spread my brain, you know, working on too many different things. My, my mind, my, my brain was just frazzled and my body was exhausted for, you know, much, much of the time, you know, wasn't, wasn't working. I, I really wasn't good to it for anything, for anyone. So in terms of success, it most definitely wasn't where I wanted it to be. So here's that moment when you realize work isn't everything. (laughs) I don't know if it's a British thing or a professional pride thing more generally, but it feels like we're in this mindset today of if we're not working, we're not living. Do you ever feel that way? Because sometimes I have to step back and wonder what it's all for. Why am I doing all this? Why do I work so hard? Why do I let everything else get squeezed? And when you reach a certain age too, it has to be said, and you're successful in doing well, you know, weirdly, why are we still in that same game? We should be kind of taking it easy, reaping the benefits of our success. You know, how can we keep pushing ourselves to do more, to do better, to climb higher? When is it enough? When can we say we're successful? 
And at one point I was able to semi-retire myself and then I kicked around. I missed the intellectual challenge. I missed working in a team. For me, success is when I have balance, enjoying the work in my business without the stress, anxiety, and definitely without feeling burnt out. Prevention is definitely easier than cure, right? So there came a point when I took stock. As I said, I remember the exact day. It it, it was kind of that thought of, is this it? Is this all I am? Where did my life go? <laughs> you know, one of those midlife crisis kind of things. And it took a few years actually to get myself back to what I really wanted to do. And that's teach and inspire and support, help others with their success plan. And interestingly enough, with my wellness business, um, I was a success coach. That was the that was the label that I gave myself. And yet I've never called myself a business coach until recently for the work I'm currently doing with a Canadian company, Miracy, which is awesome work and a great team. But a big part of that story is that the burnout came a year after this realization and it was incredibly frustrating. And that was my next aha moment and where the whole concept of leverage business, leverage consulting in the digital age, my book came from. I decided to merge what were two separate professional identities. And I touched on this in one of the episodes a couple of weeks ago, Um, the education, the e-learning and the staff development side. And I merged that with internet marketing, business development and coaching side. Now, from a niche point of view, from a, a messaging point of view, you don't need to know all of those different nuances and those different sides to what I'm able to do, what I'm able, what I've done in the past. Um, but what it did mean was that um, I was able to to really understand what was my genius zone. What what were the things that gave me the the insights that I bring to the table here? I still wanted to earn what I was worth, don't get me wrong, you know, create financial independence. But I knew that taking on more one-to-one clients was not going to be how I achieved it. And I knew that spreading myself across lots of different types of work was not helping um, me feel good about, about what I do. So I'm going to give you five things that really helped me that you can work towards to avoid burnout if this is sounding a little bit familiar to you too. And they all follow the general rule of thumb of working smarter, not harder. So there we go. That's my focus. So the first one is you can increase your fees. So I did increase my fees twofold, in fact, because higher fees actually means you need fewer clients which meant you immediately leverage your time and expertise. And compared to my job, when I did this, I was actually earning twice the money working half the hours. That was the first revelation. And because I was already suffering from burnout, doing back-to-back projects or traveling up and down the breadth of the country, visiting clients on site, I eventually crashed. So even though I'd increased my fees, even though I was working less, I knew that it wasn't sustainable, not dependable. You don't get paid when you're sick. And it was certainly not desirable. I mean, I love my work, but I love my health and energy way more. Number two is you can change your delivery, your delivery model. So that's the second thing you can do. And my second revelation is to change your business model. And what do I mean by that? 
Well, how you work with clients is a huge point of leverage. And of course, COVID has pushed a lot more businesses into going digital, remote working, virtual meetings and events. For me, it happened around 2018 when I set up the iSuccess Business Academy as an umbrella for the online education side of my business. And Belanda Consulting LLP became Belanda Consulting and Education Services. The next thing you can do, the third thing, is to narrow your field. A lot of consultants and coaches have a wide range of experience and expertise. Many of us can turn our hand to anything. We're jacks of all trades, masters of many. We're problem solvers. Those of you who are expert practitioners are much more likely to have a specialism than your average consultant or coach. Narrowing the field serves two purposes. It helps you focus on doing one or two things really well, and it helps you attract and work with more of the people you want to work with rather than saying yes to everything. Specialists fare way better in the marketplace than generalists because it's clear what you're all about, who you help, what you help people with specifically. And I talk about this a lot because it's one of the most difficult concepts for those without a background in marketing to appreciate and take on board. So the fourth thing is you can increase your efficiency. It's a pretty obvious uh, one to work smarter, not harder through efficiency gains. Um, But it's um, specifically about having clear, structured workflows, using systems to automate key business processes. Um, This is a lot what I do in my consulting work. Um, Knowing your key performance metrics and tracking what's working best so you can do more of that and less of stuff that isn't making a difference. And the fifth one is to increase your productivity. So it's a little bit linked to uh, tracking what's working too, but high productivity isn't about you doing more. It's actually about losing leveraged approaches to do more. For instance, last week we had a masterclass on outsourcing and how to hire the right virtual assistant with my expert guest on this, Selena Johnson. Coming up at the end of the month, my next guest, Laura McDowell, is going to be sharing leverage content strategies and how to get double leverage from what you're doing with content and copywriting. So these are all ways to increase your productivity without increasing your workload. So clever stuff. So now we've covered those five things, I want to circle back to the big question. In creating a leveraged business, what are we solving for? The answer maybe now feels a little bit more crystallized. We're solving for getting our life back, essentially, because every pillar you put in place helps you work smarter, not harder, helps you use the power of leverage and digital tools, spaces, connections to achieve more with less. And the benefits you reap are super valuable, keeping your health, keeping your sanity, time to have better connections with family, friendships, communities, creating the opening for time out in your leisure pursuits, whether that's sports, exploration, charities, or just chilling out and doing hobbies, all the things that make us happy and fulfill us outside of work. Leveraged business strategies are for those of you who want to increase your income without increasing your client load, for those looking to achieve more with less in your marketing activities, for those who want to get more signups into your programs with fewer sales conversations. These are the reasons for creating leverage and understanding where in your business architecture those leverage points are. And that's the source really of the ideas for the topics that we cover on the show every week. 
Right, so now let's let me give you a heads up that in next week's episode, I'm going to go through some specific examples from clients that I'm working with, people whose business success so far has been mostly dependent on them as a solo entrepreneur and is mostly based around consulting or coaching services as the sole offer. And we're going to go through how we're working on the transition to a more leveraged model. So in closing up this episode, let me give you some foundations for thinking about how to make changes, how to transition out of those business models that bind you to time, space and revenue, because we're going to discover how to make space, time and revenue limitless, pretty much. So in my book, I talk about five pillars for a leveraged business. And look, I know, I know I mention my book quite often. I'm aware of that, but it is not just self-promotion. It's because that book is a really thorough rendition of the different pieces of the leverage puzzle that I talk about. And it helps you create a super practical roadmap for transforming your business. A book can be a powerful leverage tool, and that's a big part of why I wrote it. A book can be a small thing, just 100 pages or so that you produce in a few weeks and you use as a campaign piece, say for a launch, or it can be your curriculum. And for me, it was the latter. That book was a massive project that took several years to complete. It's the culmination of much of my business experience, mentoring and support work. And so, of course, I'm going to reference it a lot because it's leveraging my own content and because it's my go-to resource for people to get from me. Content-wise, it's packed with leveraged business strategy, practical guidance, and the cohering theme is very much about putting you and all that you are and want into the business equation. Makes sense? I hope so. Right. So in the book, I'm allowed to say that now. Hopefully you get why. And if you have the book, go to chapter two, page 102, if you've got the print edition and uh, look for the diagram, key points of leverage. And I've put that in the show notes too. Okay. So now in the model I give you, there's five leverage points or pillars, leverage strategy, leveraging you, leverage marketing, leverage sales and leverage delivery. But what is it solving for? Let's go back to that. What's the underlying purpose running through what those five pillars mean? Well, that's whatever it means to you in terms of freedom, impact and revenue. So let's take a moment just to touch back on what does success look like for you? What you're solving for and how you decide what leverage needs to be created in your business must be based around your individual idea of what success looks like. And I ask this question of my clients and prospective clients a lot. What does success look like? What's important to you? And in my coaching, I'm always coming back to vision and values as that direction of travel. I always want to come back to that long game because otherwise, what's it all for? We're often so busy solving the micro, we overlook the macro. We get in our own way. We become the bottleneck or we major in the minors. We spin our wheels. When you're not clear what's the best thing to do, we do lots of things. And that means you're probably doing 10 times the work you need to do. Dangerous approach to entrepreneurship in my experience. And if you even feel a tiny bit like you're heading for burnout rather than moving towards better work-life balance, that's not a good place to sit for you, your family, your potential clients and your bank balance. So that's what all this leveraging and all these various topics we tackle on the show and that my guests share with you, that's what we're solving for. 
avoiding entrepreneurial burnout and enabling work-life balance. There's always got to be an eye on the human side, finding ways of lifting the limits on the growth of our business. Others may focus on making more money or getting more clients or increasing your following. And those are all important metrics for business growth. But what's the point of hitting those goals if you're burnt out and resenting the effort it took to get there? Achieving balance is about doing the things you love inside and outside your business. You can totally grow your income, influence and impact and still have a life. That's true freedom, working smarter, not harder. And it's what I call leveraged living. And just a shout out that that's what my free Facebook book is called, The Leveraged Living Club. So if that's your ultimate goal, come join the conversation. Details are in the show notes. Okay, I promised some examples and in part two, I'm going to do just that. So I hope you'll join me next Friday where we'll dive into two businesses, a consulting business. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business and Podcast. We'll be looking at some of the Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode like provide to, some insights and ideas to be thinking to through? Land. If so, so subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's on released. If you want to learn more stuff, or would like help and support with well, building a leverage business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So, hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.